Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. I always love it when we're laughing right before I press record, but this time I managed to not get us laughing as I pressed record. Usually, we're not so lucky. Anyway, episode 86 of Gooya and for those of you that don't know what Guya means. I'm the only one who does, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I think it needs some emphasis on the last oh, syllable. Oh, yes. Kind of like how I say huzzah. This is episode 86, and we are in the middle of the book study of Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. Yes, and tonight we're going to cover chapters 7, 8, 9, and 10 in her book. This is in part two. Part two is all about taking down the enemy of our mind. Yeah, so just a quick recap. So part one was she talked about all the thoughts. So thinking about your thinking, some limiting beliefs, what spiraling can look like. And so now we're entering part two, which is, all right, now let's do the thing. So chapter seven is all about drawing battle lines yes the first part was like she's been in my head and if i had a diary reading it and telling the world and the second part (laughs) is where she comes in to help help my mindset so this part actually made me think of switch on your brain a whole lot just the way the book is set up it was here's what's happening and then part two is let's fix it so i really like how we've addressed that we have this issue and so now we're gonna take some steps to fix it isn't the first step always to identify the problem? Yes, yeah, step one is knowing that you have a problem. Because you know what? Like you said, I guess it was last episode, the devil likes to be sneaky. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know he's attacking and chipping away, then you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, and then too, like if you're treating the surface level behaviors and outward expressions of anger or frustration but you're not getting to the root of the problem yeah it's just gonna come right back up it's like putting a band-aid on a bullet wound she opens up chapter seven drawing battle lines with the reminder that how we think shapes our lives so if you didn't catch that in part one quick reminder how you think shapes our lives but i like how she puts it in perspective with all these biblical characters you know not to name drop it eve (laughs) Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Jesus himself. They've all they all had a thought before they made different decisions, good or bad. I like how a qu- she gives us a question you can ask yourself if you are not quite sure what maybe your thoughts are. She said, what's a reoccurring thought that sticks in your brain in a bad way? It mm-hmm. could be anything like, oh, well, that's just who I am as a person. Which hint hint you can you can change yeah so there's that or what what is something what is that deep fear or deep somehow limiting belief or a truth or a, it's not you think it's a truth but yeah. it's not a truth like what is that thing that is sticking in your brain that is constantly 
either right onto the surface, right under the surface, or it's like, hey, what's up? Let's cause some trouble today. Yeah, and it could even be kind of an underlying theme to the thoughts. I'm not good enough. I'm all alone in this. Um, there's no way to get out of this situation. All of those thoughts. And not only that, but I like how she, and it's all stuff like you know you know, but again, just being aware of how your thought life is acting out in your daily life. Um, that one thought turns into multiple thoughts, and we like to refer to that as spiraling. Um, so just, again, having one negative thought and being aware that, yeah, that seems like one thought, but it's going to multiply throughout your day. And that is not good, Brooke. Right, or if that was your conscious thought, something is happening in your brain right before you actually are thinking that out loud or saying it out loud, and there's science that proves that because we address that in Switch on Your Brain. And so, again, she likes to, I mean, these are things that you have to point out to yourself, I think, to just have that change in your life, that the devil knows this, too. He knows that you are what you think. So if he really wants to get at you, he's going to go through your thought process. So if science has proved it, like we said, on Switch on Your Brain, um, the Bible speaks about it, the devil knows it's true, too, so why wouldn't he attack in such a vulnerable? vulnerable part of our being she also talks about how there are three barriers that she's kind of noticing so it's the devil himself our wounds so that could be something that has happened to us out of our control and then our sin so that combination somewhere in there that's where we've developed these lies that we have that we're holding on as truths but they're really not yeah she equates these three barriers to being of the world and of the flesh And so shifting our attention from the flesh of sin and death to the spirit, which would lead to life and peace. So again, not that these aren't real painful things that you're facing, again, with sin or past hurts. But if you focus your attention on um, eternity and God and the bigger picture, then you can experience peace. Before we jump into all these different I Choose chapters, let it be known that this is not easy. It takes a lot of skill, a lot of practice, and some days I'm going to be bad at it, and that's okay. It's The thing is, is that this new way of thinking and capturing these thoughts, that's an out-of-this-world concept because there's a supernatural God at work, so... It's not going to be just you by yourself, like, ooh, capture these thoughts. You definitely need to have God on the journey. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Yeah, and she, I like that she keeps going back to that. Um, I put no sugarcoating next to where she says, <laughs> ooh, big task. Thank goodness we have a big God. And the way I, I interpret, that. yeah, the way I interpret that as well is that we are not meant to do it on our own. God isn't asking you to go figure it out on your own. He wants to do it with you, and in order to do it with you, you got to spend some time with him and in his word and listening to what he has to say. I love it. I love you, Brooke. I love you the most. Morstis. That's the new one in the DeRue household. <laughs> Morstis. Yeah, that's more than most. So, oh. more I love most. you, Morstis, Morstis, too. <laughs> it's so... It almost sounds like a word that half the population doesn't like. That reminds me of how she talks about when you interrupt a thought, you enter neutral ground. 
And when I started this practice, I definitely felt that. Had a negative thought, stopped myself, and that's where I felt the choice that she refers to. Part of me was like, no, nah, I'm justified in this. I'm going to be negative Nancy. And that's your choice. And then it was like the, in the cartoons, the devil and angel. And then yes. I was like, but I know that's not going to feel good later. And this doesn't feel good right now, but if I make the right choice, it's going to pay off. And so that really spoke to me when it talks about when you interrupt the thought, you're going to find yourself in neutral ground. It's not like you interrupt the thought and you're magically the most happy, optimistic person with all the solutions. Right. So. You're not God. (laughs) That's the decision-making part. I thought the decision-making part was to interrupt the thought, which is still something you got to do. All right. Chapter eight. Okay, so remember Jenny Allen has said that she has identified and is going to talk about seven seven different aspects on our choice and how we can choose depending on what the thought, the initial thought we need to interrupt is. So chapter eight is holding space for silence. I choose to be still with God. And some things that you might combat that with are, I go crazy if it's too quiet. I just, I just don't like quiet. That's not my thing. Or... I don't have time to slow down. Oh, I know I've said that one before. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty. Yes. Or, you know, some of the, we'll talk more about this in a second, but sometimes it's like, but what if I show up and God's not there? (laughs) That would be awkward. (laughs) Okay, if I'm being honest, painful. So, yeah. Like, what if you schedule this quiet time and you do all the right things and he's not there? That would, that's being vulnerable isn't it and those are all limiting beliefs or not truths like mine the one that jumps out at me is that I don't have enough time which I feel like ugh. but then we um, we talked about it about this time last year with everything is figure outable and she said instead of saying you don't have time say I won't make time and when you say it like that you're like ooh. yes well so that's not good for example I don't have time to be with God you change it to, I won't make time to be with God. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, let me just, let me check my schedule. One one more time. I can find five time. minutes. I can find ten minutes. Yes. And to that, one thing that Jenny says is she says, all hell is against us meeting with Jesus. Yes. And so, again, bringing it all back, it's not coincidence that you feel like you don't have time or you're so exhausted or, you know, you need to sleep and all these things. Again, literally, all hell is against meeting with Jesus because he knows what's going to happen when you do it. And and so does Satan. Yeah. He knows what's going to happen. God's like, come on, I know what's going to happen. We all know what's going to happen. You're going to grow. So choose it. I like how she talks about recognizing the spirals. So those are the initial thoughts that are coming to your mind. Like, I don't have time. Or what if I don't feel anything when I do this or any of the other. Yeah, the fear of being put to work. What if God, what if you already kind of have that stirring on your heart that you should do something and you're like, but if I make time to actually like be with God, then he's going to And I'm going to have to serve at the coffee bar. Oh. Oh no. That's not so bad. But the preschool. For someone it could be. Oh yeah. God bless all the preschool teachers out there (laughs) so this is what she is this is some of what she's referring to as spiraling like once you have that thought you've got to realize oh wait i'm choosing not to be still with god when i need to yes um and to speak to some of the busyness she talks about how 
again, we're filling possibly a void. Uh, maybe we're needing to feel valued. And so we're going to volunteer for all the things. Um, maybe we want to keep up with the Joneses to show that we're worthy of something. But all the things that we're doing to keep ourselves busy and fill that void could actually be the void needs to be filled with time with God. Right. Um, and that was another one that I was like, oh, another one. Yeah, she talked about there. we, every human does this when we're trying to avoid the good old avoidance technique. We distract ourselves, we numb ourselves, we ignore it, or we repress it. So those are four different ways that looks, but that could look a million different ways depending on your life. So distract, like you said, Farron, the busyness, staying busy, staying busy, so I don't have to address this thing. Numbing, that could look anything from like drinking to like staying in bed all day. or media. Yeah, or ignoring it. That explains itself. Or repressing it, like, oh, I know I should do this, but not today. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the other good one that she pointed out, too, was I can't face God as I am. Mm. And so I think of the people that feel like they got to get in shape before they go to the gym. Right. It's like, well, wait. You don't heal your arm if it's broken and then go to the hospital. Once my arm heals, then I'll put it in a cast. No, no. Yeah. That way it's not so much work. If you're not going to do that with your body, then definitely don't do that with your spirit. Yeah. So guess what? God already knows. He knows what you think. He knows who you are. And he still wants you to be there. Yeah, he still likes you. Look at that. Some days I don't like me. (laughs) It's nice to know that he still does. He's still God. Yep, she says he's always there waiting for us to come back. Don't leave God hanging. Don't ghost on God. If you're following along at home, it's on page 75. (laughs) But yes, so she talks about the power of meditating. She talks about how physiologically, oh, I said it. Well done. uh, Your brain will be altered. I'm not going to say it again. Uh, (laughs) What was the word again? (laughs) Physiologically altered. (laughs) Um, which is, again, a kickback to switch on your brain. We're speaking for us. Jenny A., she probably got this her own self, but we're making the connection <laughs> to our previous series, which is episodes. I don't remember off the top of my head. Jenny Through a. 62. <laughs> <laughs> it stops at 62. Yeah. I think it's go. like 50. It's 55 through 62. See, I knew you had it in I'd, there. I'd figure it out. I thought it was interesting, too. She said meditating um, rewires your imagination. Yes. That was a new one. Mm-hmm. Well, it could have been in the other book, but I just learned it here. No, I have that, too. But the part that ma- mattered the most is that it can um, reduce your anxiety and depression. What? what? Isn't that crazy? Up. Weird. Yeah. Just how you can be still with God, and you automatically are going to reduce all of that. Yep. And like you said, Brooke... It talks about how you'll have less wandering thoughts. So if you feel like you're constantly distracted, forgetting appointments and important things, just, you know, going out of control, then practicing meditation can help you strengthen just your day-to-day thoughts. Not even just negative thoughts or positive thoughts, just thinking in general. She also talks about, again, questions you can ask yourself. What am I paying attention to? Is it more faith or fear-based? Is it more doubt or truth? Is it control or God's plan, comparison or gratitude? Just remember, you can't do both at the same time. You can't be in a comparison trap and be thankful. 
Okay, you know what that part reminded me of? What? <laughs> Have you ever seen those videos of the kid and they're like crying, but they're telling their parent they're not crying? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, you are. Like, no, I'm, I'm happy. I'm uh, laughing. Ha ha ha. Right. Uh, uh-huh. Yep, that's what I tried to picture. And they yes. can't even do you it. You cannot serve two masters, so you need to pick wisely. I know the right answer. Mm. Um, to what you said just a bit ago, too, about seeing things as they truly are. That kind of rung true. I noticed that when I, we've talked before about having someone you can confide in and talk to. And so sometimes when I tell my husband how wronged I was, (laughs) he might so kindly point out a possible ulterior perspective or motive behind what the person was doing. And he's never right, (laughs) except most of the time. So... That was true, too. And so if I don't talk about it, sometimes I realize it's like maybe I don't want to hear another perspective because I like mine or mine's got to be right. And so, again, that justification. Um, So just a reminder to have those people that can speak truth and life into you when you might be in a funk. That makes sense, too. As you being a nine, it's costing you energy Mm -hmm. to say those things, Mm -hmm. but then it's also costing energy whenever that it's not agreed upon. You're like, oh no, it cost me double energy. Yes. Now conflict with you. Oh no. Whereas a two, they process out loud. So again, like you were saying, Farron, have the right people in the right places. That way they can either speak truth into you and cost you double because you need it sometimes or help you process through something. Or if you're a four stuck in the stuck in the pit, they can pull you out. Mm-hmm. And I like too how you were saying you can't be two things. And so she goes on later to say that you can attend to the things that are crushing you or take up the light in Christ. And that's not to say ignore your world falling apart around you, but focusing your attention and energy. I don't remember who said it. It's not me. <laughs> it was only spend 5% of your time and energy on the problem and 95% of your time on the solution. Ooh. Because you probably know what the problem is. It's solving Now what? It. Yeah. So it's not that you're not identifying or recognizing the problem, but if you spend 95% of your time talking and focusing on the problem and 5% on the solution, that's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, and so the solution for chapter 8, her example is being still with God. You have to make that choice. So if you are spiraling with different excuses of you don't have time or you can't or for whatever reason, then you are you are making a choice. Either way, whether you're doing it or not, you're making a choice. So make sure you're choosing to be still with God. That is also self-talk to me. Yes, Everyone ma'am. could use more time with Jesus. And I like, too, how she says, she quotes Galatians 5, where it says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And so I think of it like a diet. Like when I start, I don't diet like restrict eating, but diet as in trying to make some healthy choices and drink some water from time to time. And when I do that, I found that I crave unhealthy foods less. Funny, huh? Yeah. And so then I was like, oh. Yeah, same thing. So the more time that you spend in God's Word, and I've experienced this with daily audio Bible and Terry Cobble and just the different Bible studies, like when our group meets, I find that I'm less 
like inclined to want to binge on Netflix or jump on social media. I don't know. Yeah. It's, and I like, and all of that is subconscious work too. Yeah. It's not like you're choosing, all right, brain, you don't crave Netflix today. You just find yourself, you'd rather be doing other things. Yeah. I think what it is, is it again goes back to filling that void. So, you know, if I scroll through social media to zone out from a stressful day, Whereas if I start my day with God's word and put on that armor in the morning and maybe don't experience as much stress or digest it in a healthier way, mm-hmm. then when I come home, I'm not feeling that need to check out because I was more prepared to handle what came my way that day. So, yeah. And if you were going to scroll for five minutes anyway, why don't you just sit still yeah. for five minutes mm-hmm. and talk to Jesus? If you're not sure how to talk, you know what? Randy Wade in episode 37, talked about how to pray if you had no idea how to pray. So, episode 37. He's like, if you don't know, here are some great ways to start. And he gives extremely practical tips. Yes. Plus, he's funny. And to speak to the people that might not feel like they deserve to be joyous. I like how she talks to y'all, too. And I've had those seasons. But um, when she talks about the fruits of the Spirit and how if the Spirit then is in us, then... That's evidence that we can be joyous. We can uh, experience kindness and patience and peace. So it's there. You're not broken and unrepairable. Right. <laughs> um, there is, you can be those things. Um, she talked about one thing you could say in prayer is, Father, help me see things not as they seem but to me, but as they truly are, which again... She keeps bringing back these points, but it's not so repetitive in the book. I'm always like, oh, yeah, right, because it's like I've already forgotten Mm -hmm. (laughs) again that, like, don't skew it out of perspective. Well, and that's something everyone could say multiple times a day. Like, okay, at least let me see the other side. Or nines are really good at that, too. Mm -hmm. So look at you seeing all the sides. But even just saying, help me see the actual truth instead of whatever it is I think I'm seeing. Yeah, and I think she does this. I don't know, Jenny. Write write us and let us know. But um, we really encourage you guys to get the book because in this section, just some of the questions she gives, it really does feel like she's talking to you. And you start asking yourself these same questions, like checking in like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, dang. (laughs) (laughs) So I like that she continues to circle back because if she would have said it back in chapter one, I might be beating myself up pretty good right now. So it's not as redundant as it might seem when we reiterate it here. So again, be sure you get the copy of the book because, especially with this one, I think all the truths are the same. Obviously, it's the same book printed, but our experiences could be much different. So That's um, true. Or, you know, who knows, in a season from now, yeah, this book might hit differently. Yes. Mm-hmm. So buy four. One for, each. <laughs> one for each quarter. Who knows what 2021 is going to bring for us. So, oh, Okay, so let's get into strategy. We know you guys like practical, actionable steps. So a lot of times a negative emotion comes in and we give a reason, right? That justification or that reason we believe it's a truth. So her first example is I'm stressed because I'm working too many hours. So she, again, gives tons of examples in here. We're not going to read them all. But instead of just stopping that because have the na- you're going to have negative emotions. So her solution, you're still going to have a negative emotion. It's not going to just magically disappear, but it's what you do with it. 
So negative emotion, you might have a justified reason, but then you follow that up with the choice you can make. So here's one example of that. I'm upset because I was passed over for a job opportunity. So I will choose to remember that God has not forgotten me. Again, that takes the focus from the fleshly world and desires to focusing on what God and his timing and his purpose for your life. So she's not trying to tell you, stop saying that. You weren't passed over. Which stop being sad and start being awesome. Yeah, it's not just like, get over it, suck it up, buttercup, which might be part-time But sometimes. Things, sometimes <laughs> things. Um, but accept it for what it is and turn your eyes back to God and he's not forgotten you and there's truths about that in the Bible and just shifts your whole mindset. And it is facing it because, again, we don't want to repress, we don't want to numb, we don't want to ignore or dismiss it. Yeah, this thing happened, so now what? You've got to learn to leverage what is happening to you. Correct. And so she just closes chapter 8 by reminding you that in Christ we are free and she she reiterates that we are free. That freedom exists, but not by our own power, but through God in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's there. It's not going to be easy, but it is attainable. Man. All right. So chapter nine. This Feeling one is. Fine. Oh, look at you, Ryman. <laughs> Who are you? I'm trying to be you. Are you me today, baby? Hey. All right. This okay. Chapter nine. <laughs> you have distracted me. <laughs> All right, chapter nine is called Lifelines. I choose to be known. Oh man, that one's hard, right? We all want to be seen and loved, but some things that you might think instead are nobody really gets me. You get me. You get me. Enneagram four? Yes. I was like, read four. Oh my gosh, I don't know. That's not the right page number. Okay. Um,. People don't want to hear about my trouble or my problems, right? You're going to just be burdening somebody else. Maybe our Enneagram 2s, right? Possibly. Yes. Um, if people knew how badly I had screwed up, they would run away. Mm, ones. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I don't know. People just aren't drawn to me. No, again, nobody gets me. Everyone seems to have found like their group or their click or whatever the young bucks call it these days <laughs> among us am i using that right <laughs> you're so sus i don't know somebody help me uh, i'm just gonna let you have no, it no come on rescue me transition <laughs> okay so those are the lies we tell ourselves she does give an example about she is trying to make one of her children feel valued and loved um, and by doing that you have to make them feel seen and heard and so I mean, that's what God wants. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to express how you're feeling. Uh, Like you were saying, Farron, God already knows us, but it's different whenever we say it and we express it. And again, Randy talked in his episode was where he was like, keep praying, keep praying. And then what happens? And Mm -hmm. then you can get to the root of stuff. Yeah. And she's going to touch again, too, on you needing God. So she talks about the lie that you can solve your own problems. But here, you might buy into God, but you also having community too, I think is going to be really key. Yes. Again, we're meant, we are built and designed for relationships to know and be known and not be so (laughs) self-centered. So she mentions in this chapter 
show me how well others know you and I'll show you how healthy you are. She brings that up again. And Brene Brown talks about that a whole lot, about being vulnerable. So again, it's important that we're living in community and there's that lie of fear or shame. I know that a lot of people battle that. I know as a one past mistakes, even though they may seem silly to others, they might be a big deal to me. And I don't want to bring it up because I just feel so terrible about it. When really they're like, oh, you've been holding on to that for how long? Yeah. It makes me think too, like, um, how well people know you. And so the people pleaser in me is like, oh, I've done a good job catering to them. So they they know me as, oh, who I've like shown them to be, right? By, oh yeah, I like her. She always goes with what I say. Or she never causes conflict or confrontation. And so when when you said the part about um, like knowing you, it was like, oh, do they like really know me? Or right. like who I'm choosing to be? Mm-hmm. So for all you people pleasers out there, who you really are, not who you've given the perception to be. Yes. Ooh. Enneagram threes. So did you know that it is scientifically proven that community, a solid, good, healthy community, reduces stress? And I think it's because you can do so much in the healthy space. You can talk about things. You can have truth spoken into you. You can have people say, hmm, that's, what? No. <laughs> Let's fix that. Yeah, my community lately during COVID has been my three kids. <laughs> and so when I'm around people my own age outside of work, not because there's anything wrong with work, but you don't know, get the time to be, you know, maybe have more intimate conversations about stuff yeah, you, you don't You have a 30 want. minute lunch. Yeah, you got to like inhale your food, also go to the bathroom. Drop and, the kids off, pick yeah. the kids back up. You don't want the middle from schoolers. From PE or whatever. Yeah, you don't want middle schoolers hearing about what you want to tell your friends about. So. If you need to know how to pick community members for you, we talk about that in-depth big time in our Daring Greatly mini-series, which is episodes 28 through 38. But Jenny Ellen also gives the advice of who in your life shouts Jesus? Not literally, Jesus! (laughs) But their actions, their motivations, the way they talk. Are they exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit? So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control troll so who are who are the people in your life that are consistently doing that because that is out of this world behavior so they must have some supernatural jesus in them so maybe get to know them she even talks about (laughs) just ask them to hang out which could be super cringeworthy for people who are either introverted or don't want to expend that energy but ask to go for a coffee, or hey, can I sit with you at lunch? Or Mommy. you're just gonna have to ask until it's not so cringeworthy. So baby step it if you need to. But the point is to develop community. She talks about how she moved from Austin to Dallas and had to totally start over with her community. So she started doing that. Hey, you wanna go have coffee? <laughs> and I think she makes a good point about healthy people wanna also be around. Healthy people. Now, that's not perfect people being around perfect people. No. But, you know, you would, sometimes you attract what you're given off. So maybe if you're like, I haven't found a Jesus-y person in my, you know, daily route through life, are you showing others that you're a Jesus-y person? Like, have you been exhibiting and talking about Jesus and loving God and all those things? 
and exhibiting, you know, healthy behaviors and putting yourself out there because sometimes you have to make the first move. It right. is like dating. Yes. It's Except not for other moms. <laughs> Mom dating is hard. Or for, or for people that maybe aren't moms, same thing. You still need I like how she said tribe or posse. Yeah. When she said posse, I making was like, friends hey. as an adult is awkward. It is. <laughs> hey, it you want to go hang out at a coffee shop that's closed? <laughs> Where do we? <laughs> so again, you're gonna have to get creative. Ask a seven in your life to help you with some ideas. Yeah. Uh, the important thing is you need to show up, be all of you. Make sure you're committing to healthy vulnerability. And Jenny talks about something that she uses with her group is saying the last 2%. So the last 2% is the card that you always hold. You never play it. Nobody ever knows you have it. People wouldn't love me if they knew this. Like, that's a lie you would tell yourself. Or they wouldn't have as much respect for me if they knew this this deep, dark secret. So there comes a point where you need to lay down the 2% with the right healthy group of people. And there will be a lot of freedom in that. I like in the Daring Greatly series, Brene Brown talked to her daughter about um, marble jar friends. Mm -hmm. And so you don't start with the 2%. No, no. (laughs) Just a little bit about the story. She was talking to her daughter about, you know, classroom rewards. The class earns a marble for doing something well. Once you fill the jar, then they got a reward. So marble jar friends, you trust them with little bits of things along the way. And your friends that have a fuller marble jar are the ones that you should scientifically, based on marbles, be able to... <laughs> that marble science. Be able to trust with, you know, that last 2%. Right. So, We're not saying literally get marbles and keep track of everything they've ever done. Because love people. keeps no record of wrongs. And also that'd be weird if people walked into your house and you had a lot of marble jars with names on it. You're like, like what I is this? this one Sharon. <laughs> like... No, no, uh, it's just the, uh... Coincidence. Awkward moonwalk out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yes, so this chapter, Lifelines, I Choose to Be Known. Remember, we are all built to be deeply known, and uh, God's there for that. And he also shows up that way through healthy community. All right, number ten. Number ten. This chapter is called Unafraid. I choose to surrender my fears to God. Oh, and we all have so many fears. And it's not just of like spiders and snakes. <laughs> it's of things like, um, what if you're not good enough for something? Or what if you say the wrong thing? Or what if they think this about me? Those are fears that I run across on a very consistent basis. I was going to say you don't cross snakes very as consistently, but pretty close. Yeah, I mean... You it, haven't had one in a while, though. Right? I... It's because it's cold, right? Well, there was one here at this physical location we are at right now. Why are you telling me these things? It was outside. On the... the car. Nope, it was on the <laughs> other side. <laughs> so, yes. Um, okay. I, I like the hypotheticals you ran, you ran through. Because there's... I mean, you could easily put that for Enneagram numbers. I'm not qualified enough. It's not good enough. It's not perfect enough. I'm not, I can't be loved enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, this won't look good enough. Anything like that. So, again, those are deep fears that you have that you need to give to God. 
And guess who plants those fears? Mm-hmm. Anybody? Anybody? Dun, dun, dun. Yes, the devil. That's right. So I, I've noticed the pattern that she opens up with almost all the excuses we're going to give, all the lies that we tend to believe, and just wants to remind you that's not from God. God doesn't want to torture you like that. So that is only from Satan himself. Right, she talks about just reflecting on your thought patterns. So are there subtle lies that you're telling yourself? So back to those that you were saying in the beginning, am I, do I have something at work coming up soon? And then I'm realizing, oh my goodness, what if I fail? What if they don't like it? What if it's not good enough? What if I'm not qualified enough to give this presentation? Those might be even deeper than just your your quiet in your head thinking. Those might be buried deep down. Because if you're actually thinking it or saying it out loud consciously, there is some subconscious thought deep down in there, and your job is to try to dig down and find out what it, what the bottom line is. Like, what it, if we boil that down to its finest? What is that? Because that is somehow a lie we have bought into. So once we can boil it down, now how do we combat it? And if the lies we gave you earlier were not scary enough, <laughs> how about these? What if my child dies tragically? What if my spouse cheats on me? What if my boss decides I'm expendable? I went from most traumatic to least traumatic, <laughs> in case you didn't notice. And so, again, the lie might be, and this is even hard to read, that are you saying that you can't trust God to take care of your tomorrows, is what she says. Mm-hmm. And so, again, the truth is God's in control every day. So that's putting, again, your faith in God, but that's, you can't put your faith in, again, things of the flesh, things of this world. Um, they're not constant or for the eternal. So, Did you know, Farron, that humans are innately born with only two fears? Yep. The fear of falling and the fear of loud sounds. The, every other fear has been learned. Did you know that sometimes I have a dream I'm falling and I go, oh, do you do that? In yes. Bed? It wakes Jacob up every time and he gets mad. <laughs> Every single time it wakes him up. Yes, and she even brings up the fact that uh, 97% of our worries are from hypotheticals. But if we can take that energy and leverage that into prayer or guiding others or supporting others, that energy is going to be better spent. Because there was something about thinking it through and worrying through it that felt productive. Kind of like we talk about when people are pursuing dreams and goals and they tend to really be just having brainstorming sessions mm-hmm. at Starbucks, which that's not a bad thing. But if you've done that for the last nine months, don't be surprised no, that you haven't made that progress. So same thing with worrying. I like how you said you can expend that same energy worrying and actually not getting anywhere. Or you could spend that energy with God. And again, it's not a promise that no bad things ever going to happen, but you can experience more peace and joy um, in your days here on earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she talks about thinking about hope, joy, perseverance. She brings up Philippians 4, 8 again throughout this book about what you need to think about. So instead of feeling anxious or worrying or stressing out, you should be thinking about whatever's noble, right, pure, trustworthy, honest, that whole verse. So now we get to a part of an, the exercise, right? So we already know we got to grab the thought, and then we get in that neutral ground. 
And before you make a decision to just be grumpy about it, <laughs> you want to ask yourself, is it true? Mm -hmm. And then if you're maybe like, yeah, then you... Is <laughs> it? Then take it to God and ask God <laughs> if it's true. If you have an attitude when you say it, is it really true? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I should. I have a right to feel like that. And then this is, to me, the biggest key. After you've taken it to God, then make a choice. Yes. Don't make the choice after you've took, taken your thought captive. Take the thought captive. Ask yourself if it's true. Just to be sure, right? Like you do your math homework, but then you go compare it the next morning with the smartest kid in your class before you <laughs> turn it in. <laughs> not cheating, not cheating. No, study buddies. Because see, you try to do it on your own first, right. kids. <laughs> <laughs> And then after you've taken it to God, then make a choice. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Sometimes if you're like, I don't have that much time, well then ask for some time before you respond. Or that might be a sign that maybe you impulsively react to things and explode before you take the time. So you might add a step which says, Walk away, think about it. Be still with God. That one. I feel like I've heard <laughs> Loop that. Loop on back to the other chapter. <laughs> See chapter eight. Yeah, I know that I've had some emails that I've received that I've known I needed to respond to the next day. Mm -hmm. And I've never regretted responding till the next day. Yes. Ever. Not once. There may have been times I regretted responding the same day. Mm -hmm. But I have <laughs> never regretted <laughs> 24-hour rule, 24-hour rule. And that's also a good reason to have that solid community because you can, there there have been many a times where I've had to read an email off to a coworker. Does this sound appropriate? Because I said a whole lot of other things and deleted it first. <laughs> <laughs> and I've also had to do the, now i got to call him. Hey, so when I wrote this, what I really meant was this. I just didn't say all those other sentences with it because I've done that before because I'm monotone and... Sometimes my emails come off like that. I'm working on it. That's why I use emojis. I can't help it. I feel like we're, emojis during like work emails is inappropriate. I, I know, and people may have alluded to that, but they're, <laughs> they are appropriate. And my boss is telling me such. Here's the problem. Because I'm a nine, I'm like, if I got that, I could read it like, please send me that email that I asked for, that document now. Or I could read it as, hey. LOLOL. When you get a chance, can you send me that document I asked for for the last three days? Oh, days. Oh, <laughs> good job, Farron. You know what? I don't, I've gotten better. I try to use... We are trying to balance each other out. Text messages? <laughs> I'm sorry. You're getting emojis. Oh, for sure. Unless I'm driving, which I'm not texting and driving. I'm saying like a stoplight because if you don't go when it turns green, people honk at you. Safety first. But point is... What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Surrendering your fears to oh, God. yes. Having the community. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes, that's exactly what we were talking about. What I was going to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful it's not gossip. I think a lot of, and we talk about this a lot, is holding up the fear or the possible lie or the possible limiting belief and hold that up to the truth of the Bible and what God says. And whatever aligns, keep it. And whatever doesn't, you know that that is directly from the, from the devil. You can get rid of it. Yes. Okay, that wraps up episode 86 of Goo Ya. 
Oh my gosh, that was a different pronunciation. <laughs> I think it'll be different every time. Well, we'll I see. didn't know what you said. It took a second. I got, Bless you. I started panicking looking. I was like, I don't remember that mm. term. Yeah, so get out of your head by Jenny Allen. G-O-O-Y-H. Yes, and so next week we'll go over some more choices that you can make. Choices you can choose. We help busy Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have happier, healthier lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes.